Hi there, folks. It's Jim Meskimen. This is the Jim Meskimen Podcast. And uh, gosh, I was told by someone I respect that, that my podcast should have a theme. And outside of the musical theme, created by Jeff Levin, by the way, wonderful composer, dear, dear friend of mine, uh, I don't have a, an actual theme for this podcast. I, you know, and, and I guess I should, like This American Life, I should choose a theme and do a series of chapters and stories outlining variations on that theme. But I don't really have that. So uh, tonight I'd like to talk about entertainment and uh, the digital age that we live in. And what else is there to talk about? The impact of that on on the world and the Internet and all that stuff, which is a kind of a hot topic. And uh, I expect it will be for quite a while to come. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to talk about that. I want to uh, let everybody know that, first of all, that the Impression Guys, new episodes of my series, The Impression Guys, this is a series I star in, and that is uh, a little little bit too autobiographical uh, for my tastes, but there you go. Uh, the, the Impression Guy is going to have new episodes uh, launching very soon in October, and we are actually going to have our first uh, episode of this new batch, I guess you could call it Season 2. See, uh, episode 1 of Season 2 is going to be premiered tomorrow at the Burbank Film Festival, probably today by the time you listen to this, and that is uh, September 4th, uh, 2014. The Burbank Film Festival, if you want to find more about that, please go to burbankfilmfest.org. And that's uh, running from uh, the 3rd through the 7th of September. Anyway, we'll be at the at the Burbank Film Festival on the 4th, uh, the evening of the 4th at about 9 p.m. We're going to show our new episode, as I said, uh, and uh, we're going to have a Q&A afterwards. So if you have any big questions for us, please come down. That's at the AMC there, uh, theater there at uh, AMC 6, I believe, down in Burbank. Anyway, check that website, burbankfilmfest.org, and we will be very happy to see you there and give you a big hug. Um, Entertainment. Entertainment is what I was talking about tonight. Tonight I went to uh, an alumni event, very nice one. Uh, I was part of the UC system, uh, the University of California system, and uh, that's where I went to school. UC Santa Cruz, UCSC. Famous for uh, not having a football team, famous for being pretty counterculture, and uh, which I guess a spirit that maintains to this day. Although I don't have a whole lot of contact with the school, but I emceed an event and did some impressions for about 300 um, uh, alumni that uh, people that live in LA, I guess mainly. But people had come up from San Diego and down from Berkeley and all the other UC territories to be part of this um, panel discussion about films and television and where it's all going. And there were some very good speakers, and I had a good time. Uh, anyway, the, the discussion was all about uh, what is this world of entertainment? Tom Skerritt, the film actor who actually was in a Tom Skerritt movie. It was more his movie than mine. Uh, and it was more Gary Marshall's movie than his. And it was more Juliette Lewis's movie than anybody. It was The Other Sister. Gosh, a really nice, really touching comedy uh, starring Juliette Lewis and uh, Giovanni Ribisi as, I don't know if they were autistic or slightly autistic kids who grew up and wanted to have a, a relationship. And gosh, it was handled with such sensitivity and humor by Gary Marshall and uh, the other writer I happen to remember was Bob Brunner, who was also a writer on Happy Days. Uh, anyway, uh, but Tom Skerritt is the point. And he was there and he was the moderator. And I used to have a Tom Skerritt impression now, Tom Skerritt, I can do his voice now, particularly after uh, seeing him at this uh, seminar. He's got a really soft, kind of nice 
I imagine he's from Texas. He's got that very soft, very. But he's been in Hollywood a long time. He's, uh, you know, he's still just a good-looking man and just the, just the kind of guy you'd like to to have a beer with. But I did not have a beer with him. So entertainment, boy, I was thinking about it. Entertainment has changed so much since I went to college. I mean, it's changing right now, even as we're sitting here enjoying this lovely podcast. Inter- you know, the entertainment world and delivery, it's all changing as we speak. But back when I was uh, an art major I- at UCSC, well, full disclosure, I was a, not just an art major, I was a, a kind of a combination major, I guess. I was a painting, theater arts, uh, history of leprechauns major. Uh, back then, the world of entertainment was very simple. It was very, well, a lot simpler. I mean, was it simple? No, but it was a lot simpler. You know, and, and particularly up there in Northern California, Hollywood and the world of films and, and entertainment in general would seem like a far-off land to me. Uh, another universe, you know, very, very distant from where I was. After all, I was in Santa Cruz, and we were off on our own trajectory, trust me. Now, everything is it's just right there in your face all the time. It's Entertainment is in your lap, it's on your phone, it's in your ear, you know, it's, it's in the person in the airplane seat next to you. It's, there's just entertainment going on. All the time, people are observing it, absorbing it, uh, talking about it, dealing in it, you know, uh, trying to inspire other people to watch it, like I'm inspiring other people to watch the Impression Guys. Everybody's got a show, and there's just a heck of a lot of content out there. Uh, You know, every time I talk to my mom now, uh, and my mom is is an actress, Marion Ross, who was on Happy Days, and a show that was very, very successful when there were four channels. And probably would be, it is still successful today. It's not to disparage its value. But um, every time now, every time I talk to mom on the phone, she says, well, I don't understand this business anymore. There's just too many shows. And I understand it's true. I mean, there are a lot of shows. There are, I mean, everybody can, I have a show. Many people I know have shows. And that was not true in the old days. People used to drive me crazy in the old days. They'd say, you should have your own show. And I said, that's great. I should flap my arms and fly to Saturn. It was just not something that was going to happen. Now, if you don't have your show, people look at you like, why don't you, why, I understand, why don't you have a show? You don't have a YouTube channel? It's like saying, in L.A., you don't have a car? What do you mean you don't have a car? You don't have a show? And it's true. It's just a lot of, a lot of stuff. There's a heck of a lot of of content, and that was the discussion today, a lot of content, uh, you know, making content at this uh, at this panel discussion, this seminar for the UC grads, you know, a lot of content. You know, and it began to occur to me that, the, you know, using the word content is really telling. You know, that, that we don't always say entertainment. We don't always say, we say programming a lot, I guess. But now we say content, and that kind of infers that it isn't terribly entertaining or nutritious, but it just... It just fills up an empty space, you know, like a whopper. No. Anyway, it's interesting content. And watching shows today, don't you find, I guess it's always been this way, but it's a big commitment as a viewer. I feel the pressure of that. I mean, you miss a show. First of all, it's hard to find. Uh, you know, is, is where is it? Is it on Netflix? Is it on Hulu? Amazon? Sears? You know, is it on Al Jazeera for kids? Where is it? Oh, by the way, did you hear? This is This is something. I don't know if you've heard this yet. Major merger going on in entertainment. Hub, Hulu, and HBO are merging. Yeah. Hub, Hulu, and HBO. It's going to be called... All right, that was a joke, but I thought it was pretty cute. 
But there's just so much to watch. And there's all these, you know, also you want to be up to date on whatever show you're watching. You don't want to be coming in now. Like I feel very remiss because I'm just starting to watch Breaking Bad. Okay, I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm a pariah. There are people that were watching Breaking Bad when it was au courant and when it was important to do that. You know, and now it's kind of like, oh, you're just catching up with that? It's like you're just, oh, you're learning how to swim now at age 50? I mean, you can't be starting a conversation with people and saying, well, you know, I'm only on season three of Game of Thrones. What do you think of the show? You're not going to connect with them because they're on, you know, to other things and they're worried. They're not They're not going to want to say anything, uh, you know, ahead of your season, right? Because they don't want to give you spoilers and, and break your heart over something. Either that or they're very proprietary about it. You know, they're like, ah, well, that character you love so much? Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a good guy uh, now at that point. Yes, I remember where you are. But uh, believe me, yeah, he shows his true colors. Yeah, and then he gets impaled with a hook through his head. Oop, sorry, spoiler. Then there's a whole thing with TV now where, and I mean, we're doing it ourselves with with, uh, the Impression Guys. The next bunch is going to release. We're going to release a whole, you know, big bunch of them at once. So uh, it's like the Beyonceification of television. We're going to release a whole season and then, wow, you know, if your favorite show gets released, like like ours will, which will be your favorite show, they release a whole season like that, then boom, you've got 13 hours of television to catch up on. You know, and it's like a race, you know, fit that into your busy week, along with everything you have to go on. And it really cuts into a lot of important, it cuts into your, your video game playing and cuts a swath through that. And that's tough, I understand. Is it weird that I've never played a video game? I've not played a modern video game ever. And I've recorded lots of them. I've been in tons of them, the biggest ones. And I kind of, you know, I, I intellectually understand what the experience is. But I, uh, I don't know. I got other things to do. I got to look for work in the video game field. I don't have time to play video games. I am playing a video game called The Life of Jim Meskimen, which is a first-person shooter game of a guy that doesn't own a gun. So anyway, talking about TV... And that's another thing. The shows are designed to be so, uh, I don't know, they're designed to hook you and, and keep you watching. Like even Mad Men, which we've watched on uh, DVD, even Mad Men, you, you got to go, well, I'd like to watch the next one. Or, or this wonderful show, uh, what is it called? House by the Lake? Not House by the Lake. Uh, Top of the Lake. Down by the Lake. Oh, Top I can't remember now. But it's a, it's a New Zealand series with Elizabeth Moss. Top of Moss. the Lake. Something by the Lake. Top. A great show. And when it's over, you like, and then the little thing on Netflix, you, you watch and it says, you have five seconds to turn it off. And you, and you watch it click down, and you're like, I, I may have to watch another one. These shows, the way they're written, the way they're produced, they're so well done. And I don't know, television seems to be learning something from the pharmaceutical industry and the casino industry. They know how to hook you and get you in there and do a little bit more than you wanted to do. So I don't know. Being a TV viewer these days is really, it's like a marriage. And when the show gets, gets stale or, or you know, starts to get unpopular for whatever reason, and the fans leave, they sound like people at the end of a bad marriage. I don't know, like when they killed off everyone from the village that like had anything interesting to say, then I just realized there wasn't really anything in it for me anymore. The magic is, is just gone, you know. And here's something you might enjoy on a completely different topic. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Backyard Chatting. 
And today I've appointed my 1972 Country Squire and headed it down the road. We're in Jasper, Alabama. We're pulling into the gravel driveway of Ewell Detweiler. And uh, happy to get back here to Alabama because uh, Alabama is the backyard lawn furniture capital, capital of the world. Capital of the world, that's right. That's where most people spend uh, their time, their, their spare time, or even the you know, time when they should be working. They spend in their backyard. Now you, uh, you are a backyard lawn furniture uh, production. You make mm-hmm. them, but yeah. you're very, you're much, very much an innovator. And I'm looking over here in your backyard, and mm-hmm. you would not think lawn furniture when you first see them. The first thing they look at when they see the the lounge, chaise lounge, for example, That's they say, "Is that where you keep your firewood?" You know, and. But for me, that's the way to, to, the big idea is to integrate into the environment and to make things, lawn furniture look like things that uh, doesn't, doesn't necessarily suggest comfort. Right, but converts into comfort. Converts into very, very soft and comfortable. So that pile of uh, two cords of, uh, of split uh, uh, oak uh, that is, is very, very cozy and comfy once you get into it. Right. Right. Uh, I know I'll know that, uh, that some of your... Uh, well, now, there's a neighbor flying overhead. Yeah, he's doing a little crop dusting, and uh, I just hope that it doesn't... I don't know which way the wind is blowing, but I hope it doesn't force us indoors. Well, he's laid down a good spray out there. Yeah, he's, he's very good. I don't know which way the wind's going to blow, but... Uh, some of your lawn furniture has been featured in the Jasper, Alabama... Uh, Contemporary Art Museum. I'm very proud to say that uh, two of my pieces, one of my uh, my uh, concrete billiard, outdoor billiard table uh, and settee combination has, has been featured. And uh, there was a very nice ceremony. Of course, it was lifted in by a crane. Well, at any time, anybody, anybody wants to go over and look at it in the museum, it's there. And you can rack up the balls or just uh, just lounge. Right. Well, that, that brings up an interesting settee. question. Because many of your pieces are not made out of traditional wicker no. or aluminum. Mm. You use many other substances for mm-hmm. your long Sod. Uh, sod or, or even uh, we'll take the, the mud down by the riverbank and we'll fashion something out of it and bake in the sun and then uh, somehow fix some sort of cushioning onto it. Wow, that's almost uh, Incan in its uh, hmm? inception. Well, I wouldn't know. I, I Mostly we just work around here with natural things. Right, right. Well, you mentioned a sod. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I thought that was just some stacks of sod, but now that I think about it, it's probably a nice uh, lounge chair. Yeah, that's a that's a, what we call the bark, bark-a-lounger, and it's made of bark, and it also reclines. So you can be out just enjoying... A uh, nice, uh, you know, beer out here at the end of the day, and you just lay down on it. What looks like just a pile of, of you know, discarded wood refuse, and just sit on that. And hmm. the nice thing about it is that uh, it it is bug proof. We bug proofed it, so it well, we won't ever run into any trouble with termites or anything like that. Uh, it's just as comfortable as all get out. And uh, I see most of your pieces have your uh, trademark cup holder, mm-hmm. and uh, that's uh, that's been one of the things that you've champion for a long time because yeah. you felt that you can't have backyard lawn furniture without place to hold a good bottle or a can yeah, bottle or a can that's exactly right it's double barrel it's a double cup holder and that's my signature you have a cup and a can and, and, and that's just that that is just from Jasper Alabama that is a way that we like to recline and enjoy the afternoon with a cup and a can well uh, I want to thank you so much Ewell for letting us uh, park our 72 Country Squire. You're always, your, always your welcome to come by. I hope that you all come by again sometime. Thanks again, and we'll see you on down the road. This has been Backyard Chat.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that. So, um, television, entertainment, where is it going to go? You know, and I was at this this panel. I'm still talking about this panel from the uh, UC system, which was very nice. And, uh, you know, looking at everybody, and the, the message basically from the panelists was like, create stuff, you know, which is great. I mean, that's what I say all the time. It's, you know, create stuff. You have all kinds of opportunities. Even the networks, even these different channels, they're looking for content. They're looking for something to to spread around. They're looking for stories to tell. You know, there's infinite stories to tell. And I'm like, you know, that's great. I, I believe in that. You know, and I love stories. Everybody does. And I, I, I think it's great that there's this democratization of uh, the technology so that absolutely anyone uh, can can get in the game, you know. And, and, of course, everybody's salaries drop. But, well, okay, you know, we're all telling good stories. And it's not about the money necessarily. It's about the stories and blah, 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 blah. But then I think, you know, we're all just kind of, we're all just pretty scared, I think. And we're trying to, you know, we're sitting around the campfire because the forest is black and cold, you know. Winter is coming, to quote a famous series. We're scared and we're trying to make a lot of noise. And we're trying to tell each other it's all right. And we're trying to figure out ways to solve problems through storytelling. And, uh, you know, it's going to get loud. I think it's going to get loud because as things get get scarier. And they do. I mean, life on this planet is absolutely threatened. This is not what you tuned into this podcast to hear. And this is probably a good time to turn it off. But, uh, you know, we're floating around on a big rock in the middle of a yawning expanse of space that just makes your head spin. And we're telling each other stories and we're telling each other jokes and we're singing each other songs as we struggle to figure out how to keep this thing going and how to give life a purpose, and how to keep our kids warm, and keep our old people happy, and you know, and keep ourselves feeling satisfied and secure in whatever way. So you know, you can't punch holes in that. That's a good thing. At some point, though, we got to turn around and go. All right, well, what are the big problems, and what can we do about them? And how do we support people that are really making a difference? And uh, you know, maybe we don't have to fuss quite so much about whether this zombie show is better than that vampire movie. I think it's an interesting topic, and that's why I'm talking about it tonight. Hey, listen, thanks for listening. As I got a little bleak there, but uh, that's what I feel. Uh, I feel like it's worthwhile to tell stories. It's worthwhile to try to help one another with the arts. And it's always worthwhile to learn through the arts, either as a person who's creating the art or someone who's on the receiving end of the content. Anyway, thanks for listening. As I say, um, Burbank Film Festival. If you're in the neighborhood, please swing by uh, and see the f- episode one of The Impression Guys. Season two of The Impression Guys going to be coming at you pretty soon. Thanks, as always, to Tate Rupert for improvising with me, and thanks to Jeff Levin for providing this beautiful music. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.